Thank you so much for tuning in to Encounter AZ's podcast. We are believing that God is going to use this ministry to change your life. Now enjoy the message. Hey, I'm excited you're here this morning with us. And I just, I'm believing that God has given me this word and I believe that um, God is going to speak to you through it and it's going to help you in 2019. It's also going to help you today. The worship team is going to come back in a few minutes and I believe uh, that God is going to continue what he's begun here. I I want to remind you uh, that we have community groups coming up, not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday. Community groups 2019, uh, that's our small groups here at Encounter. We have six all around the valley and some of them have changed locations. So you want to check uh, in the hallway. We have cards. Uh, for instance, the Gilbert uh, one has changed locations this season. Uh, the North Phoenix one has changed locations this season. Um, and the one at the church is, is no longer only for seniors. It's open to anybody. So we have two in Mesa now. So um, we're hoping to uh, continue to see those flourish and God bless those this season. Also, this Tuesday, we're starting uh, back up our prime timers lunch that we took off the holidays for. So this Tuesday at... 10.30 a.m. we're meeting here and they have a, we have a Bible study. We're going to start talking about the book of James. And so I'm excited. Anita is going to be teaching that. And it's always an awesome time. So we welcome anyone that wants to come and get to know the seniors or the primetime adults as well. Um, it's exciting. Also, we have an eKids appreciation lunch today uh, right after church. So if you're a volunteer or servant leader in eKids, we just invite you to come. We would appreciate everything that you do back there. And we want to bless you and serve you lunch today. But I want to speak to you for a few minutes uh, from the topic available. And that's the title of a new series we're starting. And that's kind of the direction God is is taking our church in 2019. And the title of my message, if you're taking notes, is running is not God's will for my life. Can I get an amen? Amen. Running is not God's will for my life. Um, A a few weeks ago, we began to look at uh, this idea that God wants us to move our life at a certain pace, and we call it a pace of grace. He has a desire, a desired pace for us to run in our life and move, um, and we sometimes get out of the pace of God, but he set a pace for our lives. Uh, we see this um, in Jesus' life. We talked about how you never see in Scripture Jesus run at all. He walked everywhere. In fact, he fulfilled every single thing that the, that the Old Testament prophesied that the Messiah would fulfill. Jesus fulfilled every purpose for his life by walking. Uh, the prophet Kanye uh, said it best. He said, Jesus walks, okay? And so we understand that we can do that um, as well. We believe that he was available. Jesus was available because he was walking at the pace of grace. And in 2019, I believe that God is trying to set a pace for our church to walk in because I believe that God's focus for us in 2019 is being available. We are in a culture that it has a hard time with this. We are go, go, go. We have a hard time being available. And, and I looked up the definition of available and it said, able to be used or obtained or at someone's disposal able to be used or obtained and at someone's disposal. And when we look at Jesus' life, this is how Jesus lived his life. He was able to be obtained, and you could get a hold of Jesus. I mean, there was a woman with an issue of blood that was able to, Jesus was at her disposal. She just touched the hem of his garment, and she was healed. Jesus was available to a man named Zacchaeus who climbed up to the top of a tree. You remember the story? Jesus was available to a a Samaritan woman at a well. He said, I have to go through Samaria because he had to speak to this woman at the well. Jesus was available to, um, to a man who had been dead four days and his family. Jesus made himself available. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. 
So my question to you this morning is, why do we spend so much time trying to do more and be more? If we believe God is ordering our steps, why do we spend so much time running? Jesus understood he could reach his purpose by walking at the pace of grace. There's a pace that God wants you to run in your life that you don't have to sacrifice your family. You don't have to sacrifice your integrity. You don't have to sacrifice all of your time or energy. You don't have to sacrifice your character or your joy. My message this morning is running is overrated. Okay, running is overrated. Um, The Proverbs even claim that the wicked run when no one is chasing them. Okay, so running is evil. Okay, let's just get that straight this morning. Um, But what I mean by that is when we try and do things at a pace that God did not set for our lives, then we're doing it wrong. We're running at the wrong pace. God wants us to walk at the pace of grace. And this week, I want to talk about some roots. I want to address some underlying things that make us want to run. And it's not always comfortable to get at roots, but it's always beneficial if we can get roots out. Because there's some things that God wants to dig out of our lives that will help us to walk at the pace of grace, and our lives and our hearts will begin to flourish if we can get these things out. Does that make sense? So I want to read from Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 1. And I love Genesis because it's really how we see God's plan A for humanity. It's how we see God um, and what his desire was for our relationship with him. And so we see that for two chapters, and then we pick up in the third chapter where man messed it all up. It didn't take long. Uh, three chapters. Uh, it says, starting in verse, uh, I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, you may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? I I screamed too much this morning. Um, Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat the dust all the days of your life. I will put enmity or adversity uh, between you and the woman and your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So the the main thing I want to start looking at this morning from this passage of scripture is where God said, who told you that you were naked? So my question for you this morning is, who told you that you should be running? Who told you that you need to run in your life and accomplish all of these things? Who told you that? Who told you busy was better? Who told you that activity equals effectiveness? And who told you that the more you did, the more important you are? Why are you running? 
And that's the root I want to look at this morning because we're in a rat race that says do more, be more, pack our schedules, and just get as involved in everything as you can. And, and, and the thing is, is how do we figure out if we're running or not? Well, it's pretty simple because if you feel um, like you're tired and you can't carry much more, you might be running. We've all gone through seasons like that. If you finish one pursuit, thank you and immediately shift gears to another pursuit and you never you get to the end of one goal and you figure out it's not what you wanted it to be hold on I challenge, I challenge I challenge any of you to try that if you get done with one goal thinking that that's going to provide fulfillment for you and it doesn't so you immediately jump to another goal you might be running if you need constant affirmation and affection from someone or people telling you you're good enough you might be running and I think that there's a reason that you're running but I don't think that's God's desire for our life because Jesus said my burden is easy and my yoke is light And if that's true, then why are we so exhausted? And why are we always expending all of this energy to accomplish something? We still, we do so much, but we've never been more empty in this generation. I've never been more connected on my phone. I can, I can see what you ate for lunch, you know, eight years ago if I want on social media, but I yet feel so exhausted. We thought if it became more convenient and we were more connected, it would take less energy and we'd have more free time, but yet we have less and less of that and we find ourselves running. And if you're like me, and I'm going to be honest with you this morning, I will do things like I'll pick up my phone. I don't even know why. I just feel like there's something I must need to get caught up on. I'm missing out on something. I need to check my email. I need to see what's happening on Facebook because I didn't check it since 10 minutes ago. And who knows what could have happened in those 10 minutes with all my friends that I haven't seen in 20 years. And so we we get caught up in this rat race. and, And I need you to know this morning, if you made plans but didn't consult with God, you're probably running to sustain those plans. And we find ourselves doing this in life. And if we believe that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, then why do we get out ahead of him and have to sustain things by ourselves? Things that God never called us to do, yet we find ourselves doing them. And we're juggling all these things. And I feel like God is saying, that's great, but I never asked you to do any of those things. But there's something inside of us, some insecurity, some fear, some wound that tells us we just got to keep going. I just got to keep staying busy because I'm accomplishing something and I'm getting somewhere. And the question is why? Who told you to run? And the answer is everybody. Your whole life uh, since you were a kid. uh, Let's just say uh, you have a, a little son. He's three years old named Billy. And you have some friends over to your house who haven't seen Billy in a while. They're going to say, let's go find Billy. Let's see Billy. Uh, And they go to Billy's room, and Billy's sitting there playing with blocks, and you know what happens? They bend over, and they say, hey, Billy, how are you, buddy? What do you want to be when you grow up? And you know what they're saying to Billy? They're saying, I know you're three, and you're trying to potty train and play with these blocks, but you need to figure out what you're going to do with your career, son, because life is passing you by. (laughs) This is serious. And and so Billy sits there um, and thinking to himself, well, i got to get a diaper change, and then i got to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. Like, this is, this is intense. He's three years old. You know what happens? Billy starts running, and we have a generation that's been raising runners. And Billy gets a little older, and, and he's in junior high, and we say, well, Billy, where are you going to go to college? And, and then he's in high school, and we say, how many kids are you going to have, Billy? And he says, I don't know. I'm just trying to get a girl to like me, dude. I don't, 
What do you mean? And then Billy finally goes to college, and, and then we say, when are you going to get married, Billy? When are you going to get married? Billy gets married. When are you going to have kids, Billy? What are you going to have kids? And through Billy's entire life, he'll find himself running, and I think that's why we have so many in incontent people, if that's a word, because their whole life people have told them to look at what's ahead instead of looking at where you're at right now and enjoying the moment. There's always something more. There's always something better, and I just have to push, push, push. Um, And now we find Billy in college getting a degree that he doesn't care about and doesn't even know what he's going to do with it because people told him, just run, man, and don't stop. And I think that sometimes we get caught up in this rat race, but that's not God's desire for our lives. Um, I see so many adults running through their life and saying things like, man, time just flies. Can I tell you, time does not fly, okay? A minute is always 60 seconds. There has never been a minute that is 30 seconds. It's never happened in life. You know what that saying means? That saying usually means I've been moving so fast that it's just a blur what's happened. And I think that God desires for some of us in our church specifically to slow down and say, God, I want to be available for what you want me to do. The question is, is that even possible for you without figuring out why are you running? We have to get to the root. We have to figure it out. And I think sometimes we run because we think running looks better. Have you ever seen a movie with a slow-mo like scene? You know what I mean? Like it starts out and, and there's like this chase scene. Not Baywatch, all right? Not like that, but like... Like a, like a movie where there's like an intense slow-mo scene. And they start out and, they, and it looks so good. You know what I mean? There's this scene where it's just music starts to play in the background. Music. There it is. Music starts to play in the background. And they're just running and it's so intense and I just got to get there. It's like maybe a montage and it's slow and we think we look so good in life doing this. And I'm just running and running and running. And we picture ourselves looking like this. Man, look, that is beautiful. He is on it. Amazing. I'm just running to get, to get my career. I'm running to, to provide for my family. I'm running to get this ministry started. I just got to keep pushing, and it's beautiful, everything I'm doing. And we think we look like this, but you know what we actually look like? More like this. <laughs> Crazed, falling down, like your eyes bulging out of your head. Like, I got to get so much stuff done. And I think that's enough with music. Thank you. I think that God's desire for our life is not to live like that. But we see someone running and we think, wow, look at them. They look so good. They're doing so much. We see someone running and we glorify it. But the question is, at what cost? What is that job that you've been striving for, that promotion that you've been striving for? What is it costing you? What is the thing you're running after costing you? What is always being there for those people uh, cost you? Or maybe what is even that ministry that you consume yourself with and is always pulling from your time? What is it costing you? Because I've seen too many people, uh, the cost is their family and their kids because they're, they're just running and they're so busy that they outrun God. And, and you know what I think happens is we run and we run and we run to cover up something. And that's the question, what are you covering up this morning? Um, because running is your cover-up. Genesis 3-7, remember it said, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Running is the fig leaf that covers the areas you're insecure about. And if you run fast enough, maybe no one will notice. 
And so I just got to keep running. I got to keep achieving. I got to keep climbing the ladder. I got to do this. And, and, and maybe you're running because you're hiding insecurities. And everyone says, man, you look good. Wow, you're doing so much. Look at you. You are really doing well. You have six jobs? Wow, look at that. You are doing it. You're winning. Um, You work hard. But the truth is, maybe you're actually running because you didn't have everything you wanted when you were a kid. So now you think that being a good parent means providing everything your kids want, which is great. But maybe it's actually costing you spending any time with your kids. Maybe you went broke or you went into debt providing for Christmas presents because you're running to uh, cover up an insecurity you had from your childhood. Or maybe, girls, you're like, everyone um, comments on you and says, dang, you look good. You have the, always have the nicest clothes. You always look so put together. I don't understand what you're doing. And maybe, just maybe, you're actually running to cover up. Maybe someone when you were a child told you once that you're not that pretty. And so now you just think to yourself, if I can just be kept and put together all all the time and and I can accomplish those things maybe no one will notice what's actually really going on and we run and we cover up these things that are going on inside of us and we've been running so long that we worry that if some if we slow down someone will see what's really going on inside of me someone will see the issue that I'm actually dealing with or even worse you might have to deal with it yourself And so we run and we run and we push through these things. And what happens is we keep pushing through and we get so tired, we look for a release and we make bad decisions when we're exhausted. We fall into things that we never would have if we would have had our energy and been running at God's pace. We make these terrible decisions or we get burnt out in ministry because we've been running so hard. Or maybe uh, for you, it's, it's you, your family's broken apart and you never have time to see your kids because everyone you're trying to make everyone else happy in your life. And I think God is telling to some people this morning that we need to slow down. The truth is, I'm preaching to myself this morning. There's some things God has been dealing with me on that God is telling me, you, you need to slow down and, and asking me, why are you running, Brent? Why are you running? I don't understand. And, and I'd say things like, God, it's just because I want to push the kingdom of God forward. I'm doing it for you, Lord. I want to do more. And I want to I play a game this morning. Will you play with me? I'm going to say, my name is Brent, and I run. And you're going to say, why do you run, Brent? Okay? Let's try it. My name is Brent, and I run. Good. Quick learners. All right. My name is Brent, and I run. I run because I want everyone to think I'm enough. My name is Brent and I run. I run because I want so badly to make my dad proud. My name is Brent and I run. I run because uh, people didn't clap when I walked in a room, but they cheered when, when I ran around the bases in baseball. My name is Brent and I run. I run because that one time I failed and I'm going to do everything I can never to let it happen again. My name is Brent and I run. I run because it's something that I can control. My name is Brent and I run. I run because I learned what got got applause and so I kept doing that thing. Why do you run? 
If you're honest with yourself, there are many of you in this place that there's something inside, an insecurity, a pain, a hurt that is causing you to continue to stay out of God's pace and run after things that he never told you you would have. And and I say to myself, if I slow down, people will see how hurt I really am. Or they'll see the real me and say, wow, what are you doing, uh, Pastor Brent? Why are you where you are? You shouldn't be there. If I slow down, they'll actually see me. But I need you to know this morning that there's some things that we need to do to be able to run at God's pace for our lives. And some of you, maybe you're here this morning, you're saying, I'm not running, Pastor. Maybe you're not running, but there's some of you who've been standing still for years out of fear that if you try, you'll fail. And fear has paralyzed you. And I think you are not walking at God's pace either. He told you what to do years ago and because you were afraid you said I'm not going to try because I don't want to fail but are you available to walk at God's pace because I declare this morning that fear and insecurity have no place in our lives in Jesus name I declare that that what the insecurities inside of me that want to hold me back and tell me I need to achieve more or do more I cast those aside and say God I want to be available for what you want me to do nothing more nothing less and I want to prioritize my life according to what God says is important that means my family comes before my ministry in Jesus name that means that there's certain things in my life that God has told me to do and I'm going to walk at his pace. And if you get in the way, you might get offended because I don't care what people think anymore. I want to walk at God's pace for my life. And I don't know if there's anybody else here who wants to take on this with me and say, God, I'm available to walk at your pace daily. And that's why there's certain things I want to tell you this morning that you have to do daily because something's going to happen. Today, you're going to decide, I want to run, I want to walk at God's pace for my life, the pace of grace. I'm going to do it. But you know what's going to happen? Something's going to come up tomorrow, and you're going to take off running again. Because you'll set down one thing that God said, that's not healthy for you. I never told you to do that. In fact, that's just feeding your insecurities and making it worse. You need to put that down. And you'll say, wow, I heard from God. Praise God. Put it down, God. I'm being obedient. And then tomorrow, something else is going to come along and they're going to say, hey, we need you this Saturday and Sunday at work. And I need you actually for the next six months at work. And I need this. And and you're going to say, all right, I got to do it. I got to do this. I got to achieve. And you'll take off running again if you don't deal with on a daily basis what's on the inside of you that God wants to bring healing to. You see, the thing is, I don't want to end up the same at the beginning of 2020 as I am at the 2019. 2019. I want to be different. So the first thing you need to do on a daily basis to find God's pace is you need to uncover and repent. Uncover and repent. You see, we hide. Like Adam and Eve hid behind fig leaves. We hide behind achievements. We hide behind jobs, busyness. We hide and we think I'm accomplishing something. Look how much I'm doing and I'm just, I'm killing it. But really, God is saying, I never asked you to do those things. It's time to uncover what's really going on, that insecurity, and repent of what's happening. And say, God, this is why I run. I run because this happened, and it caused me pain. I run because I'm hurt. I run because those people said I couldn't do it. Can I tell you, probably those people aren't even in your life anymore that you're trying to impress and prove something to. So why waste your time trying to prove something to anybody? Uh, God, I I repent because there's insecurity that's caused me to want to do something that you never told me to do. We need to repent and say, God, I'm sorry. You You know what running really is? It's not trusting God. It's saying, God, I trust you with all these areas of my life, but this over here, I've got this, God. I'm gonna achieve this. 
You gave me everything, but this part I'm going to go after and I'm going to do it. And, and I think we, we need to start with seeing what it is that makes us cover up and what we're covering up. Because when you uncover, there may be some things that you need to do. Because for me, like I said, trying to make my dad proud, that was something he never put on me. You know who put that on me? The enemy during years when I was making bad choices and I felt like a failure to my father. He never told me that, but the enemy told me that. And so now I live my life trying to make my father proud, not because he ever put it on me. In fact, he told me every day how proud he was of me, but the enemy has used that against me in my life. Can I be real this morning? You see, I believe that I'm first a member of this church and can be ministered to before I'm the pastor of this church. Is that all right with you? Can we be transparent and open and, and I'll be honest with you? But I need, to, I need to constantly, every day, ask God to change my mindset. Maybe for you, uncovering and repenting means forgiving someone that you held on to because they said something to you. They told you you were never going to be anything. You could never do anything. And now you've been running to say, you know what, I'm going to show you. Look how much I can do. I'm not going to stop until I achieve everything. And then when I get this goal, then I'm going to look back and say, I did it. I do have value. Can I tell you, your value doesn't come from any achievement or anything like that. Your value comes from God. You are a son or daughter of God, and nothing you accomplish is going to fill that void. You need to allow God to come in, and you need to uncover and repent. Maybe for you, you just need to own it. Maybe you need to own it and repent and say, God, I've been doing all of this wrong. I need to reprioritize some things in my life so I can be available to walk at your pace. Maybe you're like Adam who says, God, it was the woman you gave me. It was that person, God. It's their fault I'm running. And that's why I said maybe you need to forgive them, but you also need to own it and say, I'm the one who's been running. I'm the one who hasn't been trusting you. I'm the one who hasn't believing, been believing your word about me. I've been believing that person's word about me. And I lay it down, and it's not their fault. It's mine. I made a decision to run. I own it. And that means they no longer have the key. Because if you have unforgiveness in your heart, and you don't allow someone forgiveness, then what you're saying is I'm locked in this cell of bitterness and unforgiveness, and they're the only person who can let me out if they give me an apology. You're not going to get that apology, so you might as well take that key back and say, I choose to forgive you. You don't own me. You will not hold me in a cell of unforgiveness, and I'm going to own it. So maybe this morning some of you just need to say, God, I did this. It was my choice to run. But I want to change my gears and walk at the pace of grace. The second thing you need to do every day is commit to be available. Just commit to be available. I looked up commit, and it means binding yourself to something. That means I'm going to bind myself to walk at God's pace because that's what he wants me to do. And what that means, it means two things. It means I need to commit to walk with others. See, the truth is we love to give Eve a hard time and say, she ate the fruit, right? Like Adam, it was, he was just tempted by this evil temptress. No, no, no. Can we be honest? God never told Eve not to eat the fruit. She told, he told Eve. Adam not to eat the fruit. And it was Adam's responsibility to be there walking with Eve and telling her, don't eat that fruit. He never did his job, and so she fell short in there, and then he ate the fruit anyways. But I need you to know that walking with people is important. We don't do well alone. We make bad decisions alone. And if you want to walk at God's pace for your life, you need to surround yourself with some people. Um, I have friends that I've committed to walk with, and they help me. Let's Josh and Andrew, we come up here real quick. These are just illustrative friends. I have better friends than this. Um, I'm just kidding. Come back. Come back. I love you. Um, 
But I walk with my friends. Come here, let's, let's, let me hook you. Let me hook you so I can still talk. All right. And I choose to walk with my friends, and we're walking along, and I'm going to come to times in my life where I say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I got this. Let, let go of me for a second. And then what we do, here, you go this way. Here, turn around. And I'll get ahead of them. And what we do in life, you stop right there, is I look back and I see how far ahead of people I am. And I think to myself, I'm winning. Because we think to be, get a trophy and to win, you have to be in first place. You have to be in the front. So I get ahead of my friends. And guess what happens? I get tired and I got no one to talk to and I fall into sit. They don't look tired. I'm the one running out ahead. But if I walk with my people that God has surrounded me with, I can say, you know what, I'm going to run ahead. And they say, whoa, buddy, slow down. And they keep me at God's pace. Or I say, I don't want to do this anymore, Josh. Andrew, I want to quit. I don't want to, I'm not pastoring. I can't hate, I can't take these people anymore. And what do they say? And they say, no, come on, you're doing this. And even if I fall down, you know what happens? They'll just drag me, okay, if they have to. They'll drag me to where I have to go because I have people in my life. And it's so important that you have people. You are not meant to do this alone. We did a whole series in our community groups called Better Together because we believe that there's power in walking with others. They can help you walk at God's pace. Some of you are one community group or one relationship away from walking into your purpose. It's time to stop coming and sitting in church and just being a loner and saying, I need to connect with some people. I need to get in a community group and actually have biblical church where I'm connecting with other believers and they can hold me up and they can continue to pray for me. And when my knees get weak or my arms hang low, they can hold them up for me. That's what scripture talks about. We need each other. You have to commit to walk with people. You also have to commit to walk with God. You see, Adam and Eve, they walked with God every single day in the garden. And then one day, God says, who told you you were naked? You know why? They were naked the whole time. All right? That's why I say carbs were, in, were a result of sin, because they were naked and had no shame. So they walked with God every single day. And then all of a sudden, one day, they're like, we're naked. And God says, who told you you were naked? And you know the same thing happens when you walk with God. Insecurity and pain falls off of your life. And when you get your eyes on other things, all of a sudden, we allow it to creep in. We're not walking with God. You don't believe me? Look at the story of Peter. When he was walking on water, and he had his eyes fixed on Jesus. He could walk on what other people sink in. But then he started to look around at the storm, and all of a sudden, he sank. You see, there's something about walking, with, committing to walk with God and spend time with Him and being with Him. Insecurity and fear and these things have no place when I allow Jesus to speak into my life. You see, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to commit to walk with God and others. Here's another way to put it, and it goes with our series. God doesn't need your ability. He needs your availability. And sometimes that's hard because if I walk with others, they're going to see uh, my shortcomings. But guess what? You got them anyways. God knows he still called you and he's still going to use you. He didn't pick you up back then to drop you now when he found out, oh, shoot, I didn't know how Brent was going to act. This is terrible. I'm going to set him back down and find somebody better. That's not how God operates. He knows from the beginning. And he says if you're available, he can use you. You got to commit to walk with others and you got to commit to walk with God. And lastly, you got to commit to walk in victory. Verse 14 and 15 says this, So the Lord said to the serpent, Because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. And he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. This is interesting because God says there's going to be hostility 
Uh, he's telling us to the serpent, and he says there's going to be hostility between your offspring and her offspring. And I just a, a little Bible lesson. I don't know if you know this, but you are part of the offspring of Eve, okay? An interesting fact, there was a new study, <clears throat> scientific study, that found a common DNA ancestors in the entire human race that bound us together to one DNA ancestor. They found this out in science. It's pretty awesome, uh, just the confirmation of what the Bible said. <clears throat> but it says... <clears throat> Sorry, you will strike my heel. You will strike his heel, it says. And you know what the enemy wants to do? Because if, if, if the snake would bite your heel, that would mess with your walk. You'd be limping for a while, you know what I mean? And the, and I think the enemy wants to mess with our pace if we allow him. But then it goes on and it says, but he will strike your head. And you know, in this verse, when it says he, you're like, who's he? I need to tell you, right after sin, okay, in chapter 3, boom, man and woman, they sinned, they've fallen from grace, sin entered the picture immediately. This is a prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ coming to stomp on his head. He says, you will strike his heel, but he will stomp your head. And so I love that, that right after sin came into the world, God was already showed us that he had a plan, and he prophesied that he was going to send Jesus. And you know what? The enemy wants to mess with you and get you off your pace, but God will give you the victory, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He already paid for it, and I know the enemy has been messing with your pace, but I love this. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus said this. He said, I'll give you authority to walk on snakes, to walk on snakes and scorpions, and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will will harm you. If you will just be available to walk with God, he will direct your steps. And he says, anything the enemy wants to do to mess with your pace, you can stomp on the enemy. That there's nothing he can do if you'll just walk at God's pace for your life. You will crush the enemy. You'll crush your fear, your insecurity just by walking with God. And that means you don't have to worry. You don't have to sustain things on your own. That means all that pressure off of you. We like to say in our culture, shame on you. But I say this morning, shame off of you. Pressure off of you. Insecurity off of you. And, and um, bitterness off of you. Fear off of you. Pain off of you. God has already won the victory. That means you don't have to run to earn it. That means you don't have to please anyone else or live up to anyone's expectations. God has already given you the victory. You can be at peace and walk at his pace. Because he's already done it. You don't need an impressive resume to make that person proud who, who you never could make proud before. If you walk at, an, at God's pace, you can recover and you can accomplish everything God has for you to do. And what does that mean? We, let's just a recap. It, says, it said you need to repent and uncover. <clears throat> you need to walk with others. You need to walk with God. And you need to walk in victory. But it all starts with the why. Why are you running? Why are you running this morning? Why have you spent the last, who knows how many years, five years, 10 years, 20 years trying to accomplish something? And I think if we don't get to the why, like I said, you'll end up the same at the beginning of 2020 as you are right now at the beginning of 2019. But I believe God has more for us. He desires for us to make ourselves available for a relationship with him. And through that, he can change the city and change the world through us if we're available and we'll listen to him. And I don't want to be in the beginning of 2019 still saying I'm just I'm still tired my marriage is still rocky I, I still don't know my kids I don't want to be at the beginning of 2020 saying time is still flying by 
I'm still trying to prove something to people. Uh, I'm still covering up and hiding insecurity. Can I tell you this morning, God has a plan for you. He has ordered your steps and his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Can I get the worship team to come back up? I need you to know that serving God does not have to wear you out. In fact, he said that he came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And if you don't have that, this message is for you. That if you feel worn out and tired of life and just go, 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 I want to encourage you to take a step back, make yourself available to God, and allow Him to direct your steps. Maybe that means you need to make some changes in your life to, to reprioritize time with your family, time with Jesus. And we all say things like, I, I don't really have time to read my Bible. Pastor Brent, I think it's awesome, the 40 days of worship, you know, with, with Bobby, and, and I think it's awesome you just play worship, people can come here and pray, but I just don't have time. Can I tell you, if you are too busy to spend time with God, you're probably too busy. So I want to encourage you to take a step back and say, God, what do you have for my life? It all starts with being available. Have you ever try, had, tried to have a conversation with someone running by? It's ridiculous, right? You can, they can't hear a word. You're, they're, you're, they're running by and you're like, hey, I, uh, I'll get you on the way back. Uh, uh, and I think this morning I feel like so strongly that God is trying to pour out his heart to some people, but you will not give him the time of day. And you show up on Sunday and, and for a quick visit and say, hey God, I'm here, just wanted to stop by and say hi. I'm, I gotta get back out there. I got things to do this afternoon. I gotta do all this and then this week I'm busy, but I'm gonna be back next Sunday, I promise. Or we slip in and say, hey God, I know you're busy. I won't take up much time. Here's, here's my list of needs. All right, I'll see you later. But can I tell you, God desperately loves you and wants to pour his heart out to you and just wants to be with you, but we're so busy and we think I have to accomplish something. God doesn't want you to accomplish something. He told us that in the word. He said, Mary has chosen the better thing. Martha was in the other room preparing this meal for Jesus and so busy and doing all these things. And Jesus never said a word to her about it being wrong. But when she came to him and said, why is Mary just sitting here at your feet? Tell her to get in here and help me. He said, Mary has chosen the better thing. And I feel so strong that we just need to say, you know what, Jesus, in 2019, I'm choosing the better thing because I want to hear from you. I don't want to run by you. I want to stop. I want to walk at a pace where you can walk with me, Jesus. I want to be with you. I know you've gone before me. I'm tired of getting out in front of you. I just want to spend time with you. Will you stand up to your feet with me this morning? Father, I'm the first one here to just say, God, I repent. I repent of running and trying to accomplish and getting ahead of what you said and trying to do so much that I can just do a, a good job and, and make people proud and make people happy that I have not made you my first desire and my first concern. And Jesus, I just, I hear you saying that you want to spend time with me, God. And that just, that stuns me, Lord, that you don't need anything from me. You just want me. Father, I just pray over every person in this room this morning, God, who's worn out, Every person in this room, God, who feels like they need to go, 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 Lord, I believe your Holy Spirit is revealing the why this morning. Why are they running? What told them that you needed them to run? And I'm just asking this morning, God, that there's a peace that overwhelms them this morning. Holy Spirit, come and spread your peace in this room, Lord, to every person who's worn out, God. And just, I just believe this morning that we can take a moment and say, God, I want to be with you. That's it. 
Father, I feel your presence in this room, and I thank you that you're here, God. Let us be a moment where we can just sit silently and just be with you. Come on, can we just sit for a moment and allow the worship team to lead us in a song? But can we just be with Jesus this morning? I promise you it sounds so easy, but there's so much healing in just sitting and saying, God, I just want to be with you. Let's try that for just a minute this morning. Close your eyes with me this morning, wherever you're standing. And I just want you to picture, picture God who, who wants nothing more than just to spend time with you and get your attention because he knows that it's the very answer to every need that you have in this life is him, that he created you to be in his presence. And we get so far from that and everything else we think is an answer. It turns out empty and dry. But I feel like God is saying, I just crave to be with you and I know it's what you need if you just give me time. And so I think we have a God who desires to whisper in our ear, but we come running by saying, I just, I got to tell you something or you're going to fall. I got to tell you something or, or you're not going to know me. I got to tell you something or you're never going to know your kids the way I desire. I got to tell you something or your kids are never going to know me because they're going to be so mad at you and you will represent me. And I got to talk to you and I got to whisper things to you and it needs to be on a daily basis, but you keep running. And so now I have to shout to get your attention and I shout in your trials and your circumstances because you won't just listen to me, but I love you too much to let you go and to go out there and to fall into everything and end up in hell but I came and I died for you so will you let me whisper into your ear right now before I have to go because I love you and I'm here with you and I came to spend time with you come on that's a God we worship I wish somebody would lift up their hands and say wow what do I do to deserve a God who loves me this much if you if you're here today and and you receive this and you're saying, Brent, I want to spend, I want to hear from God. I want to be available for God. I want to invite you before we leave this morning. I want to ask you all, if you receive this, if this was for you today, I want you to come up front. If you have to slip out during this time, this is your, this is your excuse to do so. You can go ahead. But if you're here this morning and you want to go after Jesus in 2019 with me and with our church and just say, God, I'm available. I want to ask you to come up right now because I think there's a line that you're going to step past. It says, God, I'm all in. I'm in for everything you have for me. Come up, would you pray with me?